Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. And there goes the earthquake. Earthquake, earthquake. We're experiencing an earthquake. Earthquake. Please. Still happening. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Ethan, you're here, everybody. <laughs> Hello. From what I understand, it is Friday from a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Gretchen Whitmer, governor of Michigan. Okay, and why is she our general manager? I heard an interview with her. We have uh, grabbed a clip from it that is absolutely priceless. I've only seen the shorter clips of her, a couple of national appearances. I heard an extended interview with her. And I think I get her act now. Okay. Is she a, is she the Democrat Sarah Palin? Uh, to some extent, although Sarah Palin wanted to shoot and field dress an elk, this gal is just mommy. She's just mommy and wants to give us a hug and make us some strawberry milk. Hmm. And it's just, oh my God. Yep. It takes the nanny state to another level, the mommy state. And, and the contrast... With, for instance, the CEO of Ford Motor Company just talking about getting up and running again there in uh, beautiful Michigan is, is striking. We'll be taking a look at that. Uh, what's the kids' movie that comes out this weekend, Sean? Scoob. Scoob. I know my kids are really excited about that. And it debuts on demand on Dish, or where does it debut? Uh, I know that's I've, where I think we're going to watch it. I've got one of those articles it. on where you can watch it and how you can find it. Check your somewhere. local listings. If you have kids, this is a big deal. But yeah, it will be available for uh, premium on demand or pe- yeah. premium video on demand. That's what they call oh, yeah, it. Pay per pay per view. Whatever. The, yeah. The movie companies have figured out people will pay like full price for a movie in their home, and if it's huge this weekend, and I think it's going to be extraordinarily huge, like record breaking. I think it changes the movie industry forever. Yeah. Well, Trolls. I paid for The Irishman in my home, and <laughs> still pissed. No, but like you know, instead, <laughs> like right when it comes out. Right. Um, right, right. Uh, and uh, Trolls, another kid's movie a couple weeks ago, you know, kind of accidentally did it. They were planning on opening in a theater, but the coronavirus happened and everything like that. This is, this is more of a planned, uh, and, and I, think, I think after this, I don't understand why they would ever worry about movie theaters ever again. They make so much more profit. Jack, Jack, you're, you're all about the business. I'm about the art. Well, that's, that's, I- that's the exciting part, and I almost left that out. So it's going to change the art. It's going to change that so much. If they can make that kind of money off of just shooting a movie into your home, then perhaps those mid-budget movies come back. Yes. The the the, the fantastic movies that well, used to be what movies were, not just action hero movies, making maybe those make a comeback. Well, speaking of art, what about this movie, Scoob? Sean, what do we know? Is it a, a, a mere retelling of the Scooby-Doo uh, tale? Is it an update? Shaggy's a middle-aged man is with a, damage from all his pot smoking. Is it a darker take? <laughs> yeah, directed by Christopher Nolan. Valerie wrestling with her middle-aged body or loss of beauty. No, it seems to be uh, kind of the, the, the Freddy time. Freddy finally came out. The frozen time capsule that a lot of cartoons kind of exist in. Uh, just a... Uh, uh, 
more computer generated thing, right? It's not the hand drawn feel of the, of, but it's a, it's a Scooby Doo. My the, kids are excited. There's probably an old guy who owns a run down amusement park and he, you Velma know, is the head of the CDC. Burns it down for, <laughs> for insurance purposes. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my, yeah. Ki- my yeah. kids love figuring out who's the guy in the mask. Yeah, and yeah, they sort of probably would have gotten away with it, too, <laughs> if it weren't for those meddling kids. Mm. It's funny. They were watching Scooby Doo and Lone Ranger yesterday. A lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. The original Lone Ranger? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know if there was some groovy update on it. No, the, uh, the old black and white. Very wow. similar. Fabulous. In which it's pretty clear if you've watched three episodes who the bad guy is in the first minute. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be that guy who gives this look to the camera? <laughs> or the guy in, like the opening o- scene? Or the guy who's obviously 28 but has a beard on and is <laughs> pretending to be an old guy, old prospector. Right. <laughs> I could say, wait a second. Hang on now. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, hey, as long as we're uh, talking about it, do you have the the theme for the new Scoob movie? I do. Is it uh... so? There's a soundtrack. Awesome. That's where the, that's where a lot of the money is with your kids' movies. Hey, just updated. Wow, I thought it might be like the hippity hop or something. It's more like K pop. Yeah. Okay. Clearly child oriented. Why they needed help from Scooby? I mean, they all seemed somewhat competent, and I, I don't know why, why was he the key to. There are newer Scooby Doo uh, cartoons from the uh, from the old days, and they use a song sound similar to that. And mm. everybody's more attractive. The girls are a lot hotter. Wow! Uh, and just... even Velma. Yeah. Well, she was crazy hot in the movie, wasn't that? Uh... I can't remember. I don't. I don't remember actors' names. Why would I? Why would you? There are plenty of them. Yeah, exactly. We'll get another one. Talk about something you don't need to stick in your head. I right. want to remember my passwords. I don't need to remember <laughs> who played. It's the girl from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah, wasn't it? I think that was Sarah her. Michelle Gellar. Yep. Yeah, 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 thank yeah. you for that. Uh, let's Brando you... went on the waterfront. And Daniel Day-Lewis in the milkshake drinking movie. There will be blood. Those are the only two actors. Exactly. That's all you need to know. Right. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> Joe Biden did a. I'm not a boomer. Joe Biden did a full hour town hall last night, and we got uh, portions of that. We got some new news out of the whole coronavirus thing. Obviously, uh, what the latest is on uh, how well are those those five minute tests working? We should weigh in on that. Yeah, because uh, everybody is excited about that. Turns out they're not quite as good as they thought, but that happens. Uh, there's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling just like you guys have talked about the past the past few days. Um, I, I'm getting fat it just from eating poorly and not being able to exercise. You also got engaged. Yeah. Mm, coincidence. Mm, mm. You're about to be married, so, so we have, that plays a role. We have stairs in our home, and I guess I'm going to have to turn them into a gym. Just go up and down the stairs because I can't go to the gym. So I got to look around the house and see. Okay, what can I turn into an exercise? You know, yeah. I can go up these stairs. I can do push-ups. You know, what can I do? Everything is in a piece of exercise equipment if you think uh, if you think properly. Right. Um, I started running. I've now run twice in three days. Wow! Very, very exciting. Wow! A return to your younger days. Yeah, I you used to that. run all the time. I could also say I've run twice in the last decade because that would also be true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? All right, gents, going to need your foreheads. This is part of what I'm calling the new normal. we got a thermal temperature oh, gauge really? here. Mm. i got to see what you guys Oh, is that for real? So Sean's got one of the new laser temperature gauges. Ow, it hurts. No, it doesn't. Shut up. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> uh, yours is just coming back as low, Joe. Low. Yeah, well, I'm, 
Cold-hearted, cold-headed. Do you do that with the doctor? That's pretty funny. Ow! I should start doing that with the x-rays. In your forehead. It burns! Next time I get an x-ray, I'm doing that. Like, if they, you got your wrist in there or something. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> 97.3. That's normal. Wow, that's in the normal. Says, wow. Isn't and that... that's warmer than me? Joe, we're going to have to figure out your low situation. I may be dead. So why do you have a new laser temperature thing? Uh, they it was in the it's part of the new office stuff. Okay. They got a bunch of hand sanitizer and the, they, we apparently got oh. a supply shipment in and it just oh. got here now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is I'm calling this the new normal. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this <laughs> phrase or not. Oh, jeez, I'm gonna hit you if you say that again. If um uh or uh, how about the fifty to seventy five to eighty to ninety to nobody knows how many cases that are asymptomatic. Right. I guess you can't get them all. I mean, no no solution is perfect. It's probably not a bad idea. No, but the whole word taking the temperature of people before they come in the restaurant, it, it, okay, if that makes you feel better, that if 95% of people have no symptoms, then that didn't tell me really anything. What's the What are the latest numbers you've heard from reliable sources on the asymptomatic thing? It's always above 80. Really? Yeah. Above 80 now. Huh. now I don't know if that's going to turn out to be true, but... Again, if, if 80% of people don't have a temperature, then you didn't tell me anything. Not I, I really. don't like the phony stuff. I don't like you wearing gloves, pretending that's helping me. It's not helping me a bit. Because mm. you just touched that guy's credit card and that guy's credit card. And the taking temperatures, that doesn't mean anything. I'm, I'm wearing still... the long velvet black gloves, clear up to my upper arm. I went to my dentist yesterday. They yeah. did the uh, a temperature thing for, yeah. for me yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing that. When, we, when I went to the doctor's office a couple of weeks ago for something non-related, they wouldn't let you in the place without taking yeah. your temperature. My dentist just gave me a, an appointment like two and a half months from now, and I was supposed to have my cleaning a month ago. Are you having a cleaning or you got work? No, it was a crown uh, oh, replacement. Okay. So thing, you're so. a little higher yeah, priority. Yeah, my, my, my yeah. cleaning still got canceled and they haven't rescheduled that one. But You want to know when's the last time I had my teeth cleaned? Oh, boy. Roughly the last time I jogged. So oh, twice boy. this week? No. <laughs> maybe maybe in the uh, the tens. <laughs> wow. Early tens. Disgusting. It's been a long time. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, May 15th. Beware the eyes of Ides of May, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. You know those logs in a swamp with moss on them? That's what Jack's teeth look like. Baked beans. They look <laughs> like baked beans. The only Little parts beans. that aren't green are the brown parts. <laughs> All right. Here's the show officially beginning now. According to FCC rules and regulations, let's get underway at Mark. There are two truths here, and they're in competition. One is we've got to have safe work environments. And the other is if we keep the economy turned off, we're going to have a fate worse than some of the things that the virus are causing. No mixed messages! Mixed messages! There can only be one side! We must listen to science and data and the scientists! Who was that, uh, Young Firebrand? That was Ford CEO Jim Hackett. Ah, way to go, Jim. Uh, apparently restarting production on Monday. Right, starting cranking out those uh, Ford Focuses again, et cetera. <laughs> um, uh, et cetera. Yes. How, does, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding, Ooh. but it must give way uh, for Clips of the Week first. We better hurry if it's outstanding. Yeah, it is. It is actually very, very That's good. That's good. And then we got the latest news on all kinds of stuff. Hope you can stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see. Things 
Example one million last night on the Joe Biden town hall showing how we're just the country is split and people are, are watching two different TV shows, two different sports. One's watching bowling and the other one's in the NFL. I mean, they have no relationship to each other whatsoever. Uh, this, in terms of the storylines, it's just it's wild. Anyway, stay right. tuned for that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll restrain myself from commenting further because we need to get to mailbag in a moment or two. But first, a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses got into a Twitter feud with Steve Mnuchin. No matter what your politics are, I think we can all agree that's the dumbest sentence to ever count as news. <laughs> As I rain blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. They woke themselves into a corner when they adopted Believe Women as their slogan, when it should always have been Take Accusations Seriously. Can't they tell you to wear pants? What's the difference? You can't go in the store naked. (laughs) And this is cool. All the sneakers are made from the same leather as their hot dogs. We now have a debt the size of our economy. And I saw Joe Biden on television yesterday. And if you watch him, he knows nothing. He knows absolutely nothing. You know the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it is broke, but rising in the polls, lock it in the basement. Sorry, what what did you say, boss? Sorry, I I, I can't, no, I can't. I'm going to take some extra vacation days and we'll talk in a few weeks. Okay, bye-bye now. (laughs) The idea of disappearing. On your video conference, reminds me of the utterly priceless uh, James Clapper clip from CNN Hmm. getting a bit of play. We need to dig that one up, fellas. I'll explain in a moment or two, but it is too perfect. It's as if I decided to to do something nefarious and, and launched a plot to make Clapper look terrible. It is so good. Stay with us. Mailbag. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Tom Jefferson. Doug from Roseville, California sent this one along. Thank you, Doug. I think it's some sort of joke, really. I, however, place economy among the first and important Republican virtues. Meaning of the, the party didn't exist at the time, just as a republic. And public debt is the greatest of dangers to be feared. To preserve our independence, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. I am for government rigorously frugal and simple. Wow. Ah! That's hilarious. That is funny. What do you know about free governance and free people, Thomas Jefferson? Nothing. We decided to write our uh, quickie uh, talk show host book yesterday on the top 10 AMG-isms. Which is actually a pretty solid idea, um, uh, mostly because people keep sending them in, and I have no memory of having said these. Like, for instance, um, Scott accuses me, and there's at least a 50% likelihood it was Jack, although this sounds like me. He says, uh, uh, I said, it's easier to subjugate people through the trough than with the lash. 
That's really good. Mm-hmm. I must have had one of my rare good days that day. I like that. Um, Then he says, I don't have one from Jack, although the line I'll never forget was once during a conversation, Jack said, Sulfur, what's that? What? Scott, always amusing to hear from you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Ah, this a little uh, little perspective from from Dick. College seniors are understandably unhappy at missing their final semesters on campus as well as graduation. And I want to point out, he does say it's understandable, and it is. You think it's going to be the the great and glorious final uh, chapter with all your buddies, and you know it's going to be as much party as class and the rest of it. But have it yanked away. That bummed me out, too. I get it. Uh, but, Dick points out, you have to learn to roll with the punches. The greatest generation missed their senior years as well because they were piloting B-17s over Germany. I was in communication with at least one senior uh, uh, that exists in America who was happier in heck to have their senior year end. So. Mm, that's the spirit. <laughs> they don't mm. like most of those people, and they're fine with it being done. <laughs> so it depends, on, depend, depends on who you are. <laughs> well, and speaking for myself, of course, I, I had a weird college education as I got married young and was working in the rest of it is I was kind of over it honestly I was clearing out stuff that I'd realized oh I, I, I gotta take a class in that area mm. I haven't taken it yet I thought that counted for it you told me that counted for that requirement no no it doesn't all right so I'm taking psych 101 is right you know anyway uh, let's see we about out of time Michael 10 seconds not long enough to do anything but to express our gratitude <laughs> To you, our beloved listeners, for being here with us today. We're wearing gloves and masks just to protect you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, you know what? Things are looking up. We are in phase one. Gonna open up some stores. Gonna have a little fun. Gonna maybe go outside. Gonna put on some shoes. Here I go. Wait, what is that thing on the news? Oh, murderers. Yep, going back inside now. Sip this one out. <laughs> maybe stay here and hide now. Head to the back porch. Sit on the swing. Read a Facebook post. Oh, look at that thing. It's a Murder Hornets. Okay, throw away my phone. Now it's all that I think about when I am... Murder Hornets. Murder Hornets. I'll go outside now. What was that on the news? Murder Hornets. I think I'll go back inside. Murder Hornets. Oh, boy. That's beautiful. I heard a good conversation the other day about how uh, everybody's scared of murder hornets and acting like there's something terrible because they got such a name. But there are so many beasts that have nice names that are horrible beasts. And they use the example of Blue Jays. Blue Jays, one of the most evil beasts on the in the world. What? Do but, you they're, tell? but they're cute and got kind of a cute name, and so they're mascots for sports teams and all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. But they they um they go into nests and kill the babies of other birds to take oh, their nests. And I mean, yeah. they're they're really really an awful beast, murderous. But they got good PR, right? Murder like hornets. squirrels are rats with pretty tails. That's what I say. Murder hornets aren't particularly that much different than a lot of beasts, but they have a really bad PR. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too bad. The Asian uh, Asian wasp, right, or Asian yeah, hornet, formally speaking. Yeah, quit the slander in the poor beast. I think I'll go outside. Hey, what's that on the news? Murder, Murder hornets. hornets. <laughs> I think I'll go back inside. <laughs> so coming up, this is so delicious. 
Gretchen Whitmer, the mommy state, it's one step beyond nanny state, governor of Michigan. This is the gal who roped off the hoses and seeds section of hardware stores so that nobody would dare buy a hose, among other things. Compared and contrasted with the head of Ford Motor Company. And we'll let you figure out which one ought to be running the country, or, or certainly the state of Michigan. But uh, first, and, and this is, listen, evidence does not equal proof. I'm a, I'm a careful man, a deliberate man, a reasoning man. And this could just be a technical error. On the other hand, the first time CNN ever asks James Clapper any difficult questions about the launching of the collusion hoax, why don't you listen to what happens? I collected the transcript of, of December 29th. Again, that's right. This list uh, of names asking for unmasking from the NSA, that's a separate program than that phone conversation, which was part of an FBI program. Okay, so asking for names, nothing wrong with that. Unmasking in of itself, nothing wrong with that. Leaking classified information, and by definition, these phone calls were classified. That's a problem, correct? Uh, absolutely, it is. Um, and if anyone did leak the contents of these conversations with or without the name, that would be a problem, yes? Uh, we've lost the shot. I wonder if we can at least get him on the phone to finish this. Let's try to get Director Clapper back. All right, we're going to work. We're going to work on getting that shot. <laughs> you know what that needed was like the the cartoon thing they do at the Simpsons. <laughs> we hear like the door shut, and the car start up, and the tires squeal. <laughs> yeah. The footsteps, the door. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so he fed, and, and and now leaks. That would be a problem, meaning a crime, right? And Director Clapper is like, I'm long gone. Feet don't fail me now. <laughs> wow. Well, he'll have wow. to answer the question at some point. but uh, On that topic a little or bit later on. He? Or will he? A little bit later on, the Washington Post in a tour de force of a left-wing article masquerading as a news article about the whole Flynn thing. And comparing that to the coverage in the Federalist, it is quite amazing. Back to your America's watching two different TV shows thing. It's just it's it's shocking. Um. So where are you doing the uh, Michigan governor next segment? Next please? segment that's coming up if we might. Okay. Well then, um, <clears throat> this probably will fit here. So this is one of the questions from the Joe Biden town hall last night, clip thirty nine. There, Sean, and this 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 really speaks to the how we're watching two different TV shows because you got <clears throat> half the country. And that's that's overstating it because there's only like what twenty thirty percent on each side that follows the news at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Max, but the chunk on the right is uh, is following this story, the Obama Gate story, as Trump has called it. And th- there are a number of pretty heavyweight people that have weighed in on this being a really big problem. We read from Jonathan Turley's piece in the Hill yesterday that. This is extraordinary mm-hmm. that this went on. And a number of journalists, Britt Hume, though he was on, he's on Fox, he's considered a pretty fair guy, saying this is the biggest debacle of my entire lifetime in terms of media coverage and that sort of stuff. Yeah. This is a big deal. We've got to get to the bottom of it. Um, here's one of the questions from the Joe Biden town hall last night. Sir, if you were to win the election, would you be willing to commit to not polling a President Ford and giving Donald Trump a pardon under the pretense of healing the nation in other words are you willing to commit to the american ideal that no one is above the law absolutely yes so i commit 
So if you turn on one channel, it's the, <laughs> when did Joe Biden know, how much did he know about this? Obama, uh, this is a, a story of the century, Jonathan Turley called it, in terms of uh, abuse of power and going after political opponents. I mean, this is big time constitutional crisis stuff. It's absolutely Watergatey. But on the other channel, you switch over and it's, will you pardon Trump? Because he clearly is, you know, guilty of a number of major crimes. Right. And that will be known immediately when he leaves office. The question, the only question really is, will you pardon him or not? Because I'm worried you're going to pardon him. Wow. That's how far apart we are. And as Americans, we try to get together and, and say, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? If you brought, if you brought the two people into a room, somebody who'd watched Brett Barry yesterday afternoon and read the Jonathan Turley column, mm-hmm. and somebody who'd watched the town hall and watched Lawrence O'Donnell yesterday, right. you, they couldn't even have a conversation. Right. They'd each have to spend 45 minutes explaining to the other person what they're talking about. Right. Right. God, they, they were, they were going big on the friggin' emoluments clause. On NBC yesterday, some judge, you know, made a decision and it gets been bouncing back and forth in the, the courts. But seriously, the, 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 the Trump Hotel in D.C. and the emoluments clause? Well, it's, it's our divided media these days. Um, so yesterday we reported on how Georgia's doing because they, uh, they opened up. They're one of the first states to open up and there are warnings all over the place about the devastation to come and they seem to be doing fine. Now we got the latest from Texas, which opened up a couple of weeks ago. Encouraging news from Texas two weeks after Governor Abbott let retail restaurants and some other businesses partially reopen. There's been no statewide sp- spike in cases despite big increases in testing. Hospitalization rates are flat too. So that's all good news. Georgia figures prominently in a question asked to the governor of Michigan. And her answer will shock you. Look forward to being shocked. Unless you expect politicians to spout meaningless drivel, then you will be completely unshocked. Then I will not be shocked. No, you may not even notice it. Anyway, uh, her interview just, oh, it just cracked me up in a, a kind of a bitterly cynical way. And we'll play that clip for you next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Had a weird drop in deaths about three, four days ago, like way down there. And everybody thought, okay, this is really good news. Down to 700, 800. But then it went back up to near 2,000 every day since then, mm. the last three days. Mm. The models did not predict this, Jack. Not even the supermodels. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm listening to uh, CNN on the way in. Uh, because I I hate myself and I want to suffer. Apparently, and uh, it, it, it I was listening to the annoying anchor dude Brennan something Brennan. He was talking to Governor Whitmer of Michigan, and to my shock and horror, as she's explaining why it's so important that we uh, stay safe and locked down, and we need to prevent. Every death and every case going full on nanny. Never mind flattening the curve. Now it's just about preventing cases no matter what it costs us. And to my shock and horror, the anchor asked, asked her a very relevant question. Uh, and, and her, I want you to focus on her answer and whether she comes within, I don't know, a parsec of answering the question. 
You talked about the numbers in Michigan going down. We can put up the curve here. We can put up the chart. The number of daily new cases is bending downward. Uh, and I know that is something you've been pushing for. That spike yesterday, by the way, was because of old cases that were newly reported. But I also want you to look at Georgia, which began reopening two weeks ago or so. It's more and like they three, have not seen a major spike in cases, basically flat or downward trending. So why is it that you think Georgia was able to reopen partially and not see spikes? Well, if Dr. Gupta can't tell you the answer to that, I certainly can't. But what I can surmise is that what we have seen is that the American public gets it. And while uh, they've reengaged the economy to some extent, unless you have consumer confidence, unless people believe they're going to be safe going back out and, and participating in our economy, it's the, all the statements from on high won't make a difference if consumers don't have that same confidence, if workers don't feel safe going back into the workplace. And I think that's why we've got to not follow politics or our gut. We've got to follow the science. We've got to listen to our epidemiologists because that's how we prevent a second wave. A second wave could be even more devastating in terms of lives lost and pain to our economy, and that's why we've got to get this right. In other words, I don't have the slightest idea, but I'm going to crush my economy because I can. Georgia isn't and has similar, I don't know, I don't know, but I'm going to keep crushing that bastard. Unbelievable. Maybe she just doesn't have the guts to say, I think Georgia's making a terrible mistake and many Georgians will die. I, I have a feeling they won't. And I've heard that from several places. Listen, Opening the economy isn't going to bring back the economy. Consumer confidence has to be there. And they use that as an argument against opening up the economy. Right. Let people decide. So if if restaurants open up and we don't go, okay, well, that's a different thing. Let businesses innovate to make their customers feel confident. Right. Exactly. And those who will feel confident enough and the businesses that can operate safely, they will at least partially open the economy and get some of these people off of you know, uh, unemployment or starving or or whatever. That's an idiotic argument. It's not even an argument. In contrast, I give you Jim Hackett, who's the CEO of Ford, right down the road from the governor of of Michigan, who has a different point of view and, and one I absolutely prefer. There are two truths here, and they're in competition. One is we've got to have safe work environments. And the other is if we keep the economy turned off, we're going to have a fate worse than some of the things that the virus are causing. And so what we decided that you have to do is you have to ameliorate the the conflict. And Bill Ford and I both engage congressional and Senate leaders as well as governors of those states. And I was really proud of the way that everyone worked together. You know, the mission of taking care of our people and also getting the economy turned back on. The strategy uh, of, you know, washing your hands and social distancing really matters. In fact, we had an epidemiologist, two of them, that counseled us, uh, and they, they, they believe the social distancing still is the one variable that matters the most. So had to lay out spaces so that people can understand those barriers. We created a series of devices, uh, masks, both face shields and masks, as well as uh, proximity uh, warning devices that we're trying in a couple factories. And a whole screening process, Andy, that you have to go through each day as you come into the factory, including the temperature checks. A thermal camera actually gets to the bottom of that. And then testing is soon to follow. So testing right now... So in other words, and and you get the idea, he's talking about, all right, listen, we have two competing things here. We're going to figure out ways to 
get the best possible outcome while recognizing there are opposing forces here, as opposed to Gretchen Whitmer's mumbo jumbo. I mean, just, just mommy, just trying to comfort us. I just, I found that so incredibly angering and unsatisfying. Since this is the most critical question uh, we've faced as a country for a very, very long time. And for people to not even recognize that there are two incredibly important opposing forces right here, is that's frightening. Well, it's, one, it's one of the biggest uh, questions we've faced ever. Right. No doubt about it in our nation's history. And like I said the other day, it might be the biggest decision a free people's ever made. Yeah. Um, to the extent that we're getting to make it. We're looking um, at Depression-era unemployment this quarter and next quarter, then a little better in the fourth quarter. But, uh, but you know, and, and these guesses are just guesses, but uh, unemployment rates near double what they were three months ago for years to come. Well, I'm taking on $9 trillion in debt, which is not a guess. That is right. what's going to happen. Right. And uh, that will be around for the rest of the life of anybody listening right now, and I don't care if you're an infant. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, we got this text, and I don't know what state or county they're from. They said, my son is even playing Little League again. It's amazing how much it varies, because I live in a place where the the governor just said you are allowed to meditate yesterday. So. Yeah. Oh, I have that list. <laughs> so we're a long way from Little League. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have that list of what's permitted now in Cal Unicornia. It is unintentionally hilarious. I found it refreshing to hear from uh, the CEO of Ford there and how the conversations that are actually happening to reopen our economy are not the ones we're hearing on TV news. Oh, yeah. The fact that they are consulting their own epidemiology. They aren't watching CNN's press conferences waiting for what Dr. Fauci says. They're they're being proactive, taking steps, weighing the risks, trying to innovate, figuring out what... I, I, I found that very refreshing. Well, well, yeah, and I like the way you put it in our little pre-show meeting in the office this morning. Yeah, yeah we actually kind of sort of planned some of this out. I know it sounds surprising, but uh, Sean, what you said more or less was the conversations that real people are having are very different than the conversations on cable news and in the Washington Post and the New York Times and the rest of it. How shocking. Yeah, I know. I know. I wonder about the mental health of the whole country and how I hope we snap back really quickly. But we did a FaceTime yesterday. My two kids with my brother's kids. So with with my boys with the. their cousins who are both girls and a little bit older, but we've done this a couple of times and early on everybody's giggling and laughing and what are you doing? What are you doing yesterday? Everybody just seemed sad. Mm. I had a real hard time even getting a, I kept jumping into like trying to get a conversation started and then I'd get away from the, the, the iPads, but everybody was just kind of like, yeah, not much. Kind of tired of it. Just everybody just seemed sad. Yeah. Did, did one of them bring up the economy? <laughs> <laughs> The one does work at a restaurant and uh, does the mask and gloves and stuff like that. She's uh, she's a high school senior. She uh, she missed out on her single, senior year, which she's perfectly happy with. But um, <laughs> but they everybody just seemed sad. Kids aren't supposed to seem sad, right? Right. Yeah. That's that's rough. Well, and it's undeniable the, the anxiety and depression rates and kids skyrocketing and it's they, the you know. sameness. It's not even the the particular stuff. I mean, if this was. Uh, any my day my kids day whatever my wife's day they're they're okay days in the midst of different days it's not like nothing anything particularly horrible happened but it's the sameness that is wearing me out it's just i drive home and i think okay what are we gonna do i guess we'll ride bikes for a little while and watch some tv right right play a board game and (laughs) eat the same meal i tell you what there is one question that is so predictive of depression and, and all sorts of terrible psychological problems, 
If if you answer nothing to this question, you are in danger. And the question is, what are you looking forward to? Oh, no. I know for me, <laughs> if the answer is really nothing, I'm down, man. I'm down. And a lot of kids are in that situation oh, yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Except the tantalizing prospect of seeing their friends and running around and being silly and having fun in groups. But I, I tell you, to get back to the whole uh, question uh, to the, the insufferably glib yet you know, meaningless phrase spouting governor of Michigan. We really need to keep our eye on Georgia and, and all the other places that are reopening um, more aggressively, more quickly. Wisconsin, thanks to that uh, Supreme Court, uh, state Supreme Court ruling. Got to keep an eye on this because the the nanny staters who are so terrified if lots of people die, they will be blamed for it and they will lose office believe that they won't be blamed for economic horrors, that the disease will be blamed. So they're erring so far to the size of epidemiological caution um, that it's going to crush us. Well, we'll keep following it for you. Uh, There's a big old earthquake. You hear that? In Nevada, shook uh, Nevada, California, Mexico, 6.5, I think. Wow. Coronavirus. Well, wait a minute. Murder hornets. Yeah, this is. Earthquakes. Biblical. And there was the earthquake. It's biblical. Earthquake. Earthquake. Still happening. Earthquake. earthquake. Still happening. Still happening. We're experiencing an earthquake, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Couldn't have my, said it better myself. One of my all-time favorite sentences. Yeah. Um. Uh, so the latest on sports trying to come back and some movies that are available to you this weekend. And uh, they're talking about lowering the age for uh, smoking pot, or at least it's being recommended by some. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Speaking of things we don't know enough about. Among other things that we need to talk about. I hope you can stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.